The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the iniquities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who, in the name of charity and goodwill, shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon you. That's from the Quentin Tarantino movie Pulp Fiction. And it was said by the character Julius, a hitman played brilliantly by Samuel L. Jackson. I gotta say, I hear some echoes of Jesus' story of the judgment of the nations in Samuel L. Jackson's speech from Pulp Fiction. To the righteous, Jesus says, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Whereas to the unrighteous, Jesus says, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The way of the righteous man is great and good and beloved of God. The way of the wicked, the tyranny of evil men, God seems rather less than pleased with that part. And I love the idea of Samuel L. Jackson's character Julius as the king in Jesus' story, declaring to the unrighteous, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. There's something kind of delicious about that. I'm not entirely convinced, however, that the image Jesus had in mind with this story was of a hitman with a 9mm scaring the daylights out of the unrighteous before they met their end. I don't know that Jesus told this story so that we hearers would be perpetually afraid of some almighty hitman standing over us telling us we didn't do a good enough job of loving each other. Fear of doing enough good for God was actually the kind of crazy religiosity Jesus was telling this story against. Unlike angry hitman God, or a God who wants a bunch of crazy religious practice that would make us pure enough, or good enough, or religious enough for God, Jesus is showing us a God who is not concerned with our purity or our sinlessness or our religiosity. Jesus is showing us a God who cares most deeply about how we treat each other. Now, there is some fear present in the story, and there's meant to be. Maybe less Samuel L. Jackson as Julius the Hitman, and more Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu the Jedi Master telling us we've been removed from the Jedi Order. Like the Jedi who were supposed to care for others, the point in Jesus' story is that those in Jesus' kingdom are meant to care for others. When we don't, when, as we heard in Ezekiel, we push against each other, scatter each other, take those weaker ones, get what we want from them, and then cast them aside then it seems only right that the king would say, leave my presence. Jesus wants us to take seriously the idea of being removed from his presence as a natural consequence of not caring one whit about each other. Jesus told this story in the way he did 
with that element of fear in it, so that we would recognize our propensity at times not to care much for others. And then that we would also recognize the great value and importance of those around us. Further, in telling the story the way he did, Jesus is hoping that we will hear his words and then strive to be those who, as Julius said, in the name of charity and goodwill, shepherd the weak through the valley of darkness. See, that's the kind of king Jesus is. As our king, Jesus wants us to see the importance of people all around us and to seek to walk the path of the righteous one, shepherding one another, caring for each other, lifting each other up. That's life in God's kingdom. Not with God as an angry hitman, and not with God as a king who, quite apart from all of us, tells us we better be pure enough or good enough or religious enough for his liking. In Jesus' kingdom, when we don't treat each other as we want to be treated, that's when we're blaspheming God. Notice that as king, Jesus is not far away from us on some high and lofty throne, but is instead always present in his kingdom among his people. Lord, when did we see you naked and clothe you or hungry and feed you? Whenever you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Jesus is always with us, walking among us. The king of all creation is with us at all times and in all places, even during the crazy of 2020 with continued COVID tide. Where is Jesus, our king, during all this pandemic crisis? Jesus is working shift after shift at the hospital, risking infection, caring for patients. Jesus is lying in hospital beds, sometimes recovering, sometimes dying. Jesus is working insane hours trying to teach both children, both online and at school. Jesus is those children, crying amidst all the chaos and loss of play and interaction, children in desperate need of hugs and soothing baths and words of comfort from loving adults. Jesus is the grocery store delivery driver working for little and risking his own health so that others can stay home and be safe. Jesus is all those who can stay home and are staying home, going stir-crazy, so that they'll contribute as much as they can to stopping the viral spread. Jesus is the people working for a vaccine, and Jesus is the people who have lost all hope knowing the vaccine will come far too late for them to keep their livelihoods or gain back anything of the everything they've lost. Jesus is the former tenant who lost her job due to the economic downturn, couldn't pay her rent, and then lost all of her possessions as she was evicted from the apartment with her belongings left on the curb. Jesus is all of the weary and downtrodden, the hungry and hopeless, the sick, and suffering. Jesus told his story so that we would see Jesus in all these people. Jesus told his story so that we would see the least around us and think to ourselves, my king, and then treat them as such.